that the ultimate plan is is an is a phase out removal of the SROs. The memorandum of understanding that was just signed between the school district and the La Crosse Police Department is only for the 2021-2022 school year that was just signed only has three SROs. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this is another episode of Fact Check. Today our guest is retired Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham, who was elected to the La Crosse School Board in the April election. Rob, you recently retired after 30 years with the La Crosse Police Department. The La Crosse Tribune has hinted that there might have been something more to your retirement saying no reason was given for your retirement. What prompted your decision to retire? Yeah, well, first off, thank you for having me on today. I appreciate both uh, Bill and Jen for, for doing this. And I did I did find that uh, that comment in the newspaper a little entertaining I wasn't uh, I wasn't aware that I had to make the Tribune aware of when I was supposed to retire and and whatnot. But certainly, uh, it would have been 31 years, July 30th of uh, this year. So just shy of 31 years, I think that that's pretty uh, pretty much enough time uh, for someone to spend in in law enforcement. And certainly, you know, surrounding kind of the environment today uh, in law enforcement. Police work wasn't like it was when I started back in uh, 1990, and I just decided that uh, you know I've, I've I've done my time. I was uh, given the opportunity. Uh, fortunately, uh, the state of Wisconsin, through different um, parts of the retirement system, have the ability for someone who is 49 to retire early. I met all those qualifications. This isn't something that uh, I just decided and suddenly dropped on the police department and the chief actually started talking about it and going through the motions and the paperwork back in mid-February. So this was a process that had been going ongoing. Um, it was no surprise to anybody. I was made aware of and seen some of the you know conspiracy theories on, on Facebook and things of that nature on why I was retiring and, and why all of a sudden it was so sudden. It certainly wasn't sudden. Um, I had been uh, looking into this and had made applications to the state of Wisconsin back in February. It certainly wasn't um, uh, as fun as it used to be. And uh, I'll let someone else move on in there and, and take over. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what changed. Well, certainly, you know, it's no secret what changed over the last years, year to year and a half. And that being, you know, certainly a, a tragic incident involving one, uh, in my opinion, and I said it right on the onset, the day I saw it, a bad cop. Um, but one bad cop doesn't make up um, all the rest of the hundreds of thousands of police officers across the United States. And when people started targeting um, local law enforcement, especially the La Crosse Police Department, uh, and trying to lump us in with um, some of those incidents, it just that just wasn't right. Um, it was it was purely um, political. It was um, it really starts to grind on someone who has you know thirty years in in law enforcement and and not only me but just all law enforcement. You know when we're dedicating our lives and nowadays you're seeing more and more police officers being killed. I think I just saw a statistic that twenty twenty one is going to be. Um, looking on record to be one of the highest years of officers killed or died in the line of duty. Um, it, it takes a toll on you both mentally and physically. And, you know, that was part of my decision-making process when I decided to retire, you know, 
31 years of, of being both physically and mentally beaten down as a police officer uh, does take its toll. And um, it's just time for me to, to get out and be healthy. And, and I see a lot more police officers, young police officers, police officers I never thought would leave this profession uh, after four or five, six years resigning their positions uh, with our police department saying this, this isn't what I signed up for and moving on to something different. So I think you're going to see a lot of that just because of the, you know, that, that atmosphere that's out there. Um, and I think it's an unfair uh, atmosphere. Agreed completely. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you go back uh, uh, over 30, almost 31 years of, of policing, you know, I had a lot of opportunities to, to help people, uh, you know, and, and normally at, at their most dire time or dire need, um, and you know, there's, there's satisfaction in doing that, but there's also satisfaction in, in helping solve problems, uh, even little things, you know, uh, little neighborhood disputes or things of that nature and, and trying to really work to just make the community better. And, and really, you know, that is why the vast majority of law enforcement officers get into this profession. They don't get into this profession, uh, because they think it's an opportunity for them to be able to go and rough someone up and get away with it. You know, people don't go to college for four years and then go to the academy and, and, and invest all this um, because they want to be a bad person or a bad cop. And I'm not saying that there aren't any um, bad cops out there. There are. Uh, I've, I've dealt with uh, cops that I've had to show the door uh, several times. You know, the vast, vast majority of law enforcement officers in, in this community and across the country are good hardworking people who want to help. We're, we're coming to a defining moment as far as who we're going to be. And I, for one, I'm optimistic. I believe that uh, people are going to say we support law enforcement. I think the local elections that come in 2022 are going to have a big impact on that. And in fact, uh, the most recent elections we had in April, would it be fair to say that the removal of school resource officers from lacrosse schools was a big part of your decision to run for school board? Yeah, you know, that, that did have a pretty big impact on me. You know, I, I started my career in 1993, uh, 1994, and 95 as a DARE officer. So I was, you know, a, for all intents and purposes, a school resource officer. I worked full-time in those schools, and I saw the relationships um, that you can build and, and the relationships that I built with, with all students um, you know, students of color, um, every, the teachers, the administrators, and the, and the resource that they could be. And I still have kids come up to me today. I call them kids because they were my kids back then. But adults come up to me today and say, hey, do you remember me? And I look at them like, uh, and they're like, you were my dear officer in fifth grade. And, and sometimes I actually do remember them. <laughs> once, once they put a name, I can, I can, I can remember that. But, um, you know, when when the SRO, in my opinion, and I, I'm speaking, uh, I have to be cautious, I am an elected official, uh, so I can speak for myself uh, in my opinion. I'm not speaking for, for the board, but, um, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was right to remove the school resource officers when they were removed and how they were removed. Uh, I made that known during my campaigning and when I was going door-to-door talking to people. I think it was in an effort to defund police, uh, which it was, um, you know, because right now um, the plan is to remove two school resource officers 
going into next uh, school session. And then from there, you know, I, I believe that, that the vote prior to, to me being on the board was, was a plan to phase out completely the SRO program. And that vote passed uh, eight to one. One person abstained, and that I believe it's that one person felt that a phase out uh, was too long, that, that they wanted it done immediately. Um, you know, you said the elections, elections matter and, and who's making those votes matter. Um, I'm only one person uh, on a board. Um, in my opinion, on the SROs, I think is different than, than obviously my, my counterparts and my colleagues on that board. And well, I guess time will tell whether or not uh, the, the correct decision was made. What I can tell you from having served a term as a county supervisor who had a minority opinion is that uh, your presence there is going to make a difference because you're going to share information with these people that can change minds. And we'll, we'll have to see who gets elected to the lacrosse school board next year. But it's very disturbing to me to hear that we're already moving towards removing two school resource officers by the next school year. So I, I think once again, this is a conservative viewpoint of the news that you're not going to hear anywhere else but fact check. Uh, what I've heard, I did not realize that the Lacrosse School District is moving ahead with removing school resource officers. Do you think that the intention is still to eventually remove all of the resource officers? You know, my understanding from the from the the plan and, and from watching um, the, the work sessions that the school board had prior to prior to me being elected was that the ultimate plan is, is an, is a phase out removal of the SROs, the memorandum of understanding that was just signed between the school district and the lacrosse police department is only for the 2021, 2022 school year that was just signed only has three SROs. So it went down from five SROs to three SROs. Um, and, I think it's just following a natural progression. It, you know, that's why it's only a one-year MOU. Uh, I believe there used to be three-year MOUs or four-year MOUs. And so I wouldn't be surprised uh, unless, you know, unless parents get involved and, and students get involved and taxpayers get involved and want something different. Uh, um, I think the original plan is probably going to be continued to be followed through. Well, we appreciate you bringing us up to speed on that because that's information that you're not hearing anywhere else uh, from any other news organization right now. Who controls the curricula that the district teaches? Where, where are we with critical race theory being taught in lacrosse schools? And how would someone like me find information on what's in the lacrosse school district's curricula? Well, that's a huge multifaceted question. Um, I'll try to break it down uh, to the best that I can. And, and please remember that I was just elected and, and have just started, um, so to speak, getting my feet wet on, on the school board. Um, so there's a learning curve for me. Um, you know, I've been a parent in the district um, for a long time, and, and I've lived in this district, you know, essentially my whole life, uh, as well as my family lived here. But regarding who controls the curricula that the district teaches. You know, I think the school board, in essence, through their policy and, and, and the policies that they set, uh, and also uh, the state, um, but, there's, but then, then there's also latitude given. And um, I think that latitude sometimes comes out of each different school or it can come out of, of the school admin 
the district admin, the superintendent, associate superintendent. So there's a lot of different layers there that, that come in with that. Um, the one thing I'm noticing, in, you know, that has come out of kind of the pandemic uh, and when, when parents were all of a sudden sitting there with their children or overhearing what, what was going on, a lot of parents have, have started to approach me as a school board member asking me, um, you know, about what kind of, what things are being taught in the classroom. Uh, I can think of one situation where I received an email where um, they were, they were having uh, the, the kid, the elementary kids out at Northwoods doing a protest there. Uh, so the class was organizing uh, how to protest and then they were going to go out in the sidewalk along the road and, and have kids hold up signs on stuff that they were passionate about. And you know, I'm just, as a parent, and, and and that parent, you know, was was questioning why are we teaching kids at this young age how to be protesters? Why aren't we teaching them the ABCs in math and English, and let and let their politics later on once they've uh, experienced life in the world, um, what they you know what they want to be passionate about. Uh, and, and that all resulted in some kids getting bullied because their sign didn't represent what some other kids sign represented. And, um, I, I think we walk a fine line when, when we're trying to have, uh, teachers teaching social issues or, or where our kids should stand on some of these issues. I think that should be left to parents, uh, and also let the kids choose themselves. You know, my, my daughter, uh, just is 18. She, I mean, she was uh, for a while there a, a complete uh, tried and true Democrat. And I just said, what you need to do is listen to both sides of the story. Listen to both sides. I'm not going to tell you what, how you should vote and what you should do because she was asking because she was going to turn 18. I said, just listen to both sides and whatever makes most sense to you, that's really how you should vote. And I, I do know the way she votes now. Um, and, that, and that has not nothing to do with me pressuring her. It was her making her own decisions. We should hope that our education system is about teaching people things, but unfortunately it's becoming more and more clear that many people in our education system, whether it's the K-12 system, technical colleges, or universities, come to their jobs with uh, a definite um, hard left uh, view of the world. And I, for one, am really concerned about teaching of uh, theories like white privilege. We're going to see the white privilege conference in Wisconsin at the lacrosse center on December 3rd and 4th. One of the principals in the lacrosse school district, Melissa Murray is one of the members of that host committee. And so it, it makes me wonder, you know, how much of this is being taught in our schools and you know, how is it impacting young people today? I agree with you. I think that they should, stick to teaching uh, things that um, are not related to social issues and and let people figure that out for themselves. What is the relationship like between the school board as it relates to governance and the role of the superintendent of schools for La Crosse County? Yeah, that's well, interesting you asked that question because we just had a workshop uh, last night following the, the school board meeting, and, and we got talking about that. Um, the lacrosse school district uses what's called a coherent governance model. And what that means to the best of the, what I've been able to learn. And once again, 
you know, please excuse me. I'm, I'm a new board member. I'm really trying to wrap my head around all these things. But essentially, the board sets policies. And then the superintendent is given latitude within those policies to, to implement them. Um, so, for example, um, the board uh, doesn't micromanage, so to speak, the superintendent on day-to-day stuff. Um, and, and we talked about a little bit about how that kind of kind of comes to a head when you have a parent or a taxpayer or a constituent call you with an issue that's that's near and dear to their heart and affecting them. And, and a lot of those issues recently had been COVID, um, for example, um, close contacts, and, and and the students were being uh, forced to sit out for 14 days. I had a lot of parents calling me and saying, "Why aren't we following the CDC guidelines?" Um, that if you don't have any symptoms in five days and you have a negative test that you can go back. Well, that was because, um, you know, the superintendent was allowed to, to make that decision. And that wasn't, uh, a board decision because those decisions were within the policy of the governance model that we use. So it's, it's kind of hard to explain, um, to people, uh, especially when they come to you with a problem that, well, I really can't make an immediate change on that specific thing because, uh, and, and then go through the, the steps of that. And then people wonder, well, what, then why aren't we electing the superintendent? Why am I electing you? And, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of decisions that as long as they're within the policy and, and the superintendent, superintendent doesn't step outside of the policies, um, that those decisions are made uh, independently of, from the board. Rob, thank you for your service to our community for 31 years as a police officer. I see your service on the school board as just furthering your commitment to our community and the people who live here. And I hope that you'll come back and join us in a few months and maybe you can share more about what you've learned about how the La Crosse School District operates. I would like to do that. And I also would like to commend Officer uh, Cordero Gilliam and Sergeant Brandel on the, the podcast that you did the other day. I thought that was really well spoken of them. They were great. We appreciate the work that they do, and we're going to continue to try and raise people's awareness about the importance of school resource officers in the La Crosse School District. Thanks for joining us, Rob Abraham. Best Thank of you. luck to you, by the way, in your retirement. Thank you. Excited. I'm not, not quite sure what I'm going to do here. I'm, I'm just going to lay low for a few weeks anyways, and then figure out maybe what my next steps are. Go fishing, Um, golfing, something, right? Yeah, (laughs) fishing fishing and boating uh, are on my top list. Well, I think Bill's up for that, just so you know. Yeah. He'll make time for you. Take care, come back and chat with us again. Uh, If you have any thoughts about our conversation today or other topics you'd like us to discuss, join the conversation on our Facebook group, Fact Check Wism. I'm Bill Fian. Oh, and I'm Jen O'Brien. Hi. Hey, that's the first that's time that new. ever happened. <laughs> I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this was another episode of Fact Check.